You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, July 13th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Bill, a lot to get into today. Shockingly, it's all going to be recruiting. Good man to have on the show. We're talking a lot about recruiting. Before we get to the top targets on Ohio State's board for the 2021 class, let's get to the elite underclassmen showcase that you covered here in the Columbus area on Saturday. I know Jack Sawyer was there, many other elite underclassmen. What stood out to you the most, Bill? Uh, the fact that I was actually at a camp. It was, <laughs> it has been a while. And uh, I never thought, you know, if you would asked me uh, a year ago, um, would I not be doing covering any camps this summer, really? Um, I just told you, you're crazy. So it was actually a lot of fun actually being at a camp and, and, and watching high school kids compete, um, you know, interviewing them, all that kind of thing. It, it was really refreshing to be at that uh, camp on Saturday, and, and uh, it was a good camp. Um, you mentioned Jack Sawyer. He, of course, wasn't there to participate. He's not uh, an underclassman. He's a 2021 kid going into his senior year. But, uh, my goodness, he, he looks great. He's, he's in fantastic shape, uh, 100% healthy, uh, coming back from his knee surgery, uh, up to close to 250 pounds and raring to go. And let's hope we have a high school season here in Ohio to see Jack Sawyer play. I'm looking forward to it, certainly. Let's get to some of the top uncommitted recruits in the 2021 class. Let's start right at the top, JT. Tui Moloau. How'd I do in my pronunciation there? Perfect. Perfect pronunciation. Okay, there we go. Before we get to, you know, exactly where Buckeye stand with him, let me let the listeners know his ranking. The number two overall prospect in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, and the number two strong side defensive end in the country. So the top two prospects in the country, both strong side defensive ends. Where do the Buckeyes stand with JTT? I would still go with uh, right now if I had to make a prediction, and I do have a crystal ball prediction in for him right now. I'd still go with the Buckeyes, but uh, again, I you know uh, he's not planning to decide anytime soon. Um, he's going to go through the process and uh, decide late. Um, I still think Ohio State, uh, USC, um, you know, Oregon's pressing. Uh, yeah, I still think that Washington, I still think there's a lot of, a number of schools in there. And um, uh, the, the, the fact that he has family that would really like him to stay closer to home, Ohio State's, yeah, that's going to make it uh, tougher for Ohio State. Uh, and, and closer to home includes definitely USC, where uh, one side of the family, he has a lot of uh, people that would like to see him at USC. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But right now, I would I be my crystal ball in Ohio State. And it has to help, I would think, with the G. Scott Jr. situation, the fact that they're from the same high school. Or do you think that doesn't really play much of a role here? 
Um, I don't think it's a huge role. I've always said that in the end, kids go uh, at the place that is best for him. For G. Scott Jr., Ohio State was the best place for him. And for JT, he will pick the best place for him. You know, having uh, G in his ear, certainly, that's, that's good for Ohio State. But in the end, JT will do what is best for JT. And we will stay in the state of Washington, Emeka Egbuka. Number one wide receiver in the country, number eight overall player in the country. Where do the Buckeyes stand with him? Well, uh, again, I, I, I have a crystal ball pick on Ohio State for Emeka, and I still have that on there. Um, but as I've been saying, you know, some people feel uh, I've mentioned that this thing with Oklahoma is not a big deal. Uh, Oklahoma is a, is a real player here. Um, you know, they have Caleb Williams now in the class, the quarterback uh, that recently committed to Oklahoma. And um, Caleb Williams is in uh, Emeka's ear. Uh, but again, Emeka will do what is best for him um, in the end. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, if you talk to the Ohio State commitments, they're, they're really focused on getting him in this class. And right now, I'm going with Ohio State. I like it. All right, next up, Tristan Lee, number 11 overall player in the country, number three offensive tackle in the country. Where do the Buckeyes stand with Tristan Lee? Uh, they have steadily gained ground with him. He's uh, absolutely considering Ohio State. I think that, uh, you know, if I was going to make a crystal ball pick on him right now, I'd probably make it for LSU. Uh, but Ohio State is gaining ground. I think they have a realistic shot. Um, you know, the fact that they, they need him, you know, they, he's a guy that they uh, really would love to have in this class and there's a need for him in this class. And, and, you know, kids, you know, they look at the depth chart, they look at where they are really wanted and he's really wanted at Ohio State. Guy's favor. I know Rocco Spindler is also wanted by the Buckeyes, but he's also wanted by a lot of the, the top programs in the Midwest, maybe all of the top programs in the Midwest and, and more. He is the number three offensive guard in the country, young man out of the state of Michigan, and the number 50 overall player in the country. Where do things stand with Rocco Spindler? Is, is, is it still basically a Notre Dame-Michigan battle with Ohio State kind of on the outside looking in, or what do you think is going to happen there? Well, the fact that um, he's not going to wait and make official visits is not in Ohio State's favor. Um, he came out uh, just recently and announced that he is going to announce his decision on August 8th at 6 p.m. Um, you know, that, that's a direct result of the uh, situation with a, with a dead period continuing to get pushed back. Uh, now it's to the end of August, and he's not going to wait it out. He's going to make his announcement. And, uh, you know, that was really, you know, important that High State get him back on campus for an official visit. And that's, you know, that's not going to happen before he announced the decision now. So my crystal ball's on Notre Dame. Um, I'm staying with that for now. I think the one school to keep in mind, though, is Michigan. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be one of those two schools unless something that I don't expect to happen uh, changes. So, uh, again, right now I'm going to go with stay with Notre Dame for – Really quick, I want to ask you about Michigan. They started off really slow this recruiting cycle. They seem to have picked it up. Um, what are your thoughts on the Wolverines class so far for the 2021 class? I think it's a good class. Um, but the thing I come back to is that if you look at that class, um, as compared to Ohio State's class, uh, I don't think there really is a, a much of a comparison. Um, while Michigan has a good class going, there isn't anyone on that class – 
of commitments for Michigan right now that Ohio State was ready to take um, at the time that they committed. Now, if Ohio, if Michigan are, is to land uh, a few of the guys they have left, yeah, certainly there's some guys in there that Ohio State would have liked to have that Michigan still has a shot at. But, um, you know, just player for player, Ohio State's class is clearly the better class. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible what they're doing over there. And they've even hit kind of a lull, and uh, it's still an incredible class, and I'm sure they're going to finish strong. Um, talking about the Buckeyes, of course. All right, three more uncommitted prospects I want to ask you about, then we'll get you out of here, Dean. I know you've got about 50 stories to write. Um, Derek Davis Jr., the number two safety in the country, number 52 overall player in the country. Where do things stand with the Buckeyes and Derek Davis Jr.? Well, I'm sure most of our um, readers saw over the weekend that actually on Sunday afternoon that Derek Davis released his top seven. No surprise, Ohio State was in there. I've said all along, I think Ohio State is going to be one of his finalists. Uh, so the fact that Ohio State was in there was absolutely expected. Um, he has a, a seven of Ohio State as well as Penn State, Clemson, LSU, Pitt, USC, and Georgia. Um, you know, I, I, for a while, I've thought it's going to be either Ohio State or Penn State, but there's a couple schools in there. I, I would not rule out one of them being Clemson. Um, but I still think in the end, uh, he will likely end up at either Ohio State or Penn State. And, and this one is one I don't have a crystal ball in right now for. Um, I, I really think that uh, it's up very much up in the air which way he goes. I just think that uh, in all likelihood, it'll be either Ohio State or Penn State. I'm very intrigued by this next guy, Tywone Malone. Number four defensive tackle in the country, number 53 overall prospect in the country. He also plays baseball. Where do the Buckeyes stand with big Tywone Malone? And if anybody saw recently the, uh, the clips of him swinging the bat, uh, they're pretty darn good. I mean, he's got a nice swing. And uh, how would you like to have a six foot three and 300-pound cleanup hitter in your lineup. Not bad. A 300-pound guy that can, that can move and, and has a nice swing, I might add. But, I would take uh, it. I would take it for it's sure. Gonna, it's going to be uh, football, though. You know, I think uh, as, as his calling card as things move forward. And um, he's another guy that's really hard to say what he's going to do. He really doesn't do many interviews at all. Um, you know, he doesn't really – um, you know, take to the recruiting process and, and, and go out and promote himself and things. Um, uh, again, very hard to say what he's going to do. I think Ohio State is going to be in it to the end. But, um, you know, if, if you ask me right now if I would take the field or Ohio State, I'd probably go with the field at this point just because, you know, there are, you know he's got some great options out there. But I think Ohio State's a very realistic possibility for him. And it's really hard to bet against Larry Johnson. And, and I've talked to Taiwan. He knows what kind of coach Larry Johnson is and what he can do for his career. So, um, you know, he's a guy that uh, uh, certainly Ohio State could land. Uh, but anybody that says they know where he's going at this point, I think, is, is not being truthful. I love those big pluggers in the middle, those Tommy Togi types, those, you know, those big, they're already 300 pounds. You don't have to like, you know, turn them into a one tech. They're already ready to go. And if he's already 300 pounds, uh, we'll just wait till he gets uh, with coach Mick. If he does come to Ohio state, follow-up question on Tywone Malone. You, I think you already answered this because you said football is going to be his calling card. Um, does he want to play 
like wherever he goes, does he want to play both football and baseball? Or do you think he'll just play football? Like, is he telling the schools, I want to play both sports? Or, or is he not even sure? I think he has an interest in playing both sports. But um, when I ask him that, he, you know, he, he's looking at that situation. But, you know, again, I think uh, in the end, his future is going to be on the football field. But he is, he is good in baseball, and he has an interest there, no question. Hey, we can use help at first base for the Buckeyes. So, uh, you know, he can play both, uh, both sports here in Columbus, no problem. All right, last young man that will get you out of here, uh, Jager Burton, number seven offensive guard, number 119 overall player in the country, young man out of Lexington. Is it still look, does it still look like Kentucky's the team to beat here, Bill? I think so right right now, but um, I think Ohio State, you know, it has a realistic chance to win the battle still. Um, I've felt for a long, long time he's either going to end up at Kentucky or Ohio State. Uh, that hasn't changed in my mind. I, I don't uh, have a strong enough feeling to crystal ball him to either school right now, but if I absolutely had to pick a school right now uh, that I think he's going to end up at, I would go with Kentucky, but again, this one, this, this is this one that uh, is one that Ohio State absolutely, in my opinion, can win. We'll just see what happens down the stretch. Great stuff as always from the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Really appreciate it, Bill. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like the show, leave us a five star review. That really helps. Shout out to our Spotify listeners. Same deal. If you like the show. Give us a five-star review. That really helps. And YouTube listeners, love you guys as well. Subscribe if you like the show. That really helps our cause as well. Thanks again to the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.